What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, How Anti-Gravity Built the Pyramids. You know, for almost 20 years... I have known Nick Redfern. He is a great friend, uh, the kind of guy who has slept on my couch, you know. And uh, Nick is, well, he was born in England, and he lives in Texas now, and he is one of the most talented researchers and writers in the world. We've been on TV shows together. We've investigated in the field together. We have spoken at live events together. As a matter of fact, Nick Redfern was a part of the X-Ops TV show debacle uh, from Roswell, New Mexico, that I talked about in episode 10 of this podcast. Now, that is a story for you. Uh, the, the results of that project are still locked away in a vault somewhere. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode 10 of this Strange Things podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, Nick and I, we, we've got some war stories and, uh, he has a new book out, uh, let, just for the heck of it. Uh, let me start by reading you the little blurb, the kind of bio blurb on the back of the book. And this just scratches the surface of his work. Uh, the author of more than 60 books, including the NASA conspiracies, the real men in black, Bloodline of the Gods and the 
pyramids and the Pentagon. He has been on many television shows, including travel channels in search of monsters, history channels, unexplained ancient aliens and uh, monster quest sci-fi channels, proof positive and the national geographic channels, Paranatural. Nick is a regular guest on coast to coast AM. Uh, pretty much if you're in this field, you know who Nick Redfern is. And we all pay attention when he brings a new book out. And his brand new book is called How Anti-Gravity Built the Pyramids. That's a catchy title. And then it says the mysterious technology of ancient superstructures. Now, I had to think about how I was going to present this. And I want to explain something about how I have decided to produce this podcast uh, from the very beginning. This is, is, is my style. I want you to realize that I, uh, when I was a kid and I, I, I decided to start getting involved in media, my thing was like, I want to be a writer. You know, I consider myself first and foremost a writer. I have published over 20 books myself, some with big publishers like Simon and Schuster. And I actually still to this day consider myself primarily a writer, even though I speak it now more than I actually write it. Uh, it's this, it's the same process. It's putting words together and telling stories. And so when I am looking at another writer's work, I view it a little bit differently than somebody who just, uh, hosts a podcast or a radio show or a TV show. You see, traditionally, when someone writes a book, and then decides to go out and promote that book. Well, then they say, okay, I'm available for a certain period of time. And then what you're supposed to do is bring that person onto your show. And then you interview that person about the book and you have a big conversation about it. And then maybe people can call in and ask questions. That's how everybody does it. But I decided that I was going to do things a little differently because, again, I can look at this situation from a writer's point of view. And uh, what I realized was that when a writer is writing a book, that writer is in a completely different mindset than when that writer is giving an off-the-cuff interview. Uh, it's not the same thing. Like, you know, it, to me, like sometimes I would take like two years to write a book and I sit down and I, I put a lot of thought and effort into gathering the words and the concepts and, and assembling everything to present uh, the exactly as I want it presented. OK. And then after it's released, somebody says, well, come on my show at six o'clock in the morning and we're going to you know talk about this for 30 minutes. And you get up and you're groggy and, and you start talking about your book and it's like, it's, it's not, you're not capturing the real essence of what you spent two years producing. It's two separate things. So what I prefer to do in many cases is instead of interviewing the author of a new book, I will contact that author and say, will you please give me permission? to actually read some of your book on the show. And everybody always says, yes, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. 
They can sleep late. They don't have to schedule an interview. And I get to also, I, you know, I, I can do this whenever I want. And, but the best part is you're actually getting a sample of the real product. Okay. Not somebody talking about it. You're getting the real thing. And I don't interview a lot of people on this podcast intentionally. Uh, anyway, for a number of reasons, I won't get into all of those, but I feel like that again, given just my own background as an author and my own personal experiences, you're going to get a better feel for what the author wanted to produce and put out there in the world. If, if I just read you some of it. So that is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to read you some of the uh, introduction here from Nick Redfern's new book, how anti-gravity built the pyramids. Here we go. Imagine, if you will, the following scenario before you. It's several millennia ago and deep in the heart of what is now called the Middle East. There are desert sands in every single direction. The temperature is soaring and it's only getting hotter and the air is as dry as it could be. Suddenly, the sky above you begins to grow dark ominously to be sure huge shadows appear here there and everywhere those same shadows slowly begin to envelop just about all and everyone in sight they even blot out the light of the sun itself you know all too well from where those massive shadows are coming the skies you have seen this happen time and time again, but on each and every occasion, you simply cannot fail to be completely awed, hypnotized almost, perhaps, by the incredible view that is above your head. You look up and you squint. It's all you can do. In all directions, countless huge stones, many of them in excess of one thousand tons in weight are slowly moving above the landscape that's right above like an unstoppable army of determined giant ants devoted to their queen the armada of stones follow the paths of those who are controlling them you continue to stare as the stones finally reach their location and then bit by bit and with shockingly incredible preciseness the stones are lowered one by one all into place. Each massive block has been carefully molded into perfect shape and is now becoming part of a temple of absolute gigantic proportions. The process takes only a few days before it is repeated again and again. Neither you nor any of your people have any real sure ideas as to who the movers of the stone are. And all of the time, and while the work is going ahead, deep, humming sound penetrates your body, causing it to slightly vibrate. Okay, I'm going to stop there for a second as we take our first break. Do you see what I mean? Like, if if I got Nick on here and I said, tell me about your book, he'd be like, well, uh, here I wrote a book about... But isn't it better to hear 
the way he has written this to help you actually envision what he's writing about. And what do you think the secret is here? Hmm? He, I mean, that's, that's a pretty bold title. How anti-gravity built the pyramids. Well, what's he going to say? How does he know? What could his explanation possibly be? Well, when we come back, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to leave you hanging. This is not just a tease. I'm going to tell you exactly what he thinks is going on. I'm not going to spoil his book. Don't worry about that, Nick. I'm not going to spoil it. But I will tell you what he's writing about. Isn't that good stuff? <laughs> All right. Uh, before we hit the break, another thing. I, uh, I'm i recording this in September. Next month is October. And I have... Uh, a little October surprise I think I'm going to spring on you but I probably am not going to talk about it on this show, at least not at first I break everything through my free e-newsletter and if you want to sign up for that and get the first word, go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter on the homepage, it takes you two seconds you put your email address in there you hit submit and when you do that, you'll not only get the first information about all my projects and experiments you can participate with, but you'll also get instantaneously an automated email sent to you from me that's got links to all kinds of cool, free gifts, digital gifts that can help you start making your life more magical. And I hope you'll check out my curiosity shop while you're there as well. There is no period after the P if you go to joshuapwarren.com. That's where the show kind of continues. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Of course, you can go to Amazon.com and just look up the name Nick Redfern. R-E-D-F-E-R-N, or just look up the name of his book, How Anti-Gravity Built the Pyramids. And he has a uh, blog spot here, nickredfernfortian.blogspot.com. And, of course, Fortian, named after the great Charles Fort. Charles Fort was an American writer. He lived from 1874 until 1932, and he specialized in documenting and writing about anomalous phenomena. So the terms Fortian and Fortiana are uh, often used to characterize these types of bizarre things. And uh, he's always been a hero of mine. Nick uh, Redfern obviously enjoys the work of Charles Fort. And I guess I should point out that um, just recently uh, I submitted a short film about OUFOs that I produced years ago to the first Fortian Film Festival in England. And uh, guess what? It won the gold award. OUFOs, A New Discovery, it won the Gold Award for Best Documentary Short at the Fortean Film Festival. So how cool is that? Um, <laughs> it goes to show how this concept of Fortiana just keeps popping up and tying us all together. So, okay, let's get back to the amazing story, shall we, from... Nick's book, How Anti-Gravity Built the Pyramids. You have pondered long on who's the, who these people, these people who come from the skies are. A mighty race from a land far away from Earth? Gods? Beings from another world in the sky? All you really know is that one day they weren't there. 
And then one day they were there. Now, of course, let me remind you, he's talking about the point of view of ancient people, okay? He says one day they, these things, these beings moving these stones, one day they weren't there and all of a sudden they're there and not only there, but they're in massive near worldwide proportions. And their arrival, along with their increasing and growing presence, is changing the world, dotting the planet with huge stone enigmas that still have yet to be beaten when it comes to the mystery stakes. And now they're even teaching you how to create such structures for you and those of your villages, towns, and cities, such as the ease of how the operations work. Indeed, it turns out that the entire process is amazingly simple to put into place and far quicker than you thought such a thing could be achieved. Eventually, though, the time arrives when those who have all of the power to raise the mighty stones and create massive buildings with amazing, awesome ease leave. There were rumors and tales of this incredible, mysterious civilization having sculpted unimaginable landscapes in other lands and nations, overseas even, too. You never forgot them. How could you? Welcome to the world of what I call the Levitators. Today, all that is left of this enigmatic civilization and of their sensational aerial skills are myths, legends, and untold numbers of massive blocks of stone that forever perplex and tantalize us. How could such incredible technology have been created and put into action with such ease and speed? These questions were asked, and then they're asked then, and they're still asked now, and although we don't have the full story, we do know that the key to moving immense blocks of stones was nothing less than sound. Yes, really. The levitators mastered the technology of sound thousands of years ago. What they called the technology back then, well, we have no idea. Today, however, it's known as acoustic levitation. And for all of our science and technology, when it comes to it, we're still very much in our infancy trying to solve something that we simply cannot grasp, not to a significant degree, at least. Later, we'll get to the deeper side of this amazing science that for centuries upon centuries allowed so many incredible famous structures to be put into place and so long ago. For now, though, here's a perfect, concise description of acoustic levitation from Marie D. Jones and Larry Flaxman, who have themselves sought to solve the mystery of ancient anti-gravity. Okay, so here's a passage from Marie D. Jones and Larry Flaxman. The Jones-Flaxman team. Actually, we're not quite to the passage yet. Uh, okay, so here, let me just st start this over and say the Jones-Flaxman team present the phenomenon as, quote, two opposing sound frequencies with interfering sound waves, thus creating a resonant zone that allows the levitation to occur. Theoretically, to move a levitating object, simply change or alter the two sound waves and tweak accordingly, end quote. You may think 
That is all very simple. Too simple, even. In some ways, it actually is, at least on a very small scale. And that's the big problem for us today. The technology allows us to successfully utilize it only on a tiny level. Somehow, though, the ancients were able to use acoustic levitation on almost unbelievable size. For us, it's very much like not seeing the forest for the trees. How Stuff Works says the following, demonstrating that the science is now growing and adding to the science of all of this. Now, here's a passage to understand how acoustic levitation works. You first need to know a little about gravity, air and sound. First, gravity is a force that causes objects to attract to one another. The simplest way to understand gravity is through Isaac Newton's law of universal gravitation. This law states that every particle in the universe attracts every other particle. And the more massive an object is, the more strongly it attracts other objects. The closer objects are, the more strongly they attract each other. An enormous object like the Earth easily attracts objects that are close to it, like apples hanging from trees. Scientists haven't decided exactly what causes this attraction, but they believe it exists everywhere in the universe. And then he get, gets back into his uh, intro and he says, could the construction of the world's biggest buildings really have been achieved so incredibly easy? And when we can't even barely get off the starting blocks? For the levitators, at least, the answer is a decisive yes to both questions. As for us, to a degree, we're still fumbling around in the dark or perhaps fumbling in the sand would be a more appropriate phrase. Taking into consideration that many of the amazing sites that we will be visiting as this amazing story grows and grows, for the most part, beliefs in the existence of these vanished mighty ancient people who cracked the secrets of nothing less than anti-gravity are largely scoffed at, ignored, and dismissed by many, even in some aspects of the scientific community. We're talking about millennia-old aspects of ancient real-world people, similar to those described in the tales of mythical Atlantis and Mu. Or conversely, we might be talking about, honest-to-goodness, extraterrestrials. As we continue with our story, the origin of these stonemasons of the absolutely incredible kind begin to clear. Did these people, whatever their origins, finally leave our world behind, taking all of their incredible secrets with them? Were those same secrets destroyed, leaving us with only fragments of a science that was radically different to that of ours? Have they periodically come back to share their secrets with a few of us? Or is everything lost to us? Do we only have now myths and legends to work on? All of these questions will be addressed in the pages of this book. To try to get the answers to the enigmatic riddle, we need to travel much of the globe. And that's exactly what we will be doing. We will cross paths with the likes of Stonehenge, the massive stones of Baalbek and Lebanon, the Egyptian pyramids, Easter Island, and numerous other creations that may very well have been erected in some of the most alternative ways that one could possibly imagine. And then having done that, we'll take a handful of trips through the centuries. And then, after all of that, a final great leap to see how we today, in the 21st century, 
are now slowly starting to realize just why our civilization and our historians have gotten so much massively wrong. Alrighty, time for another short break. And okay, when we come back, I want to tell you some about my own personal experiments with acoustic levitation and some of my ideas on how realistic this is. Um, and you know, it's, it's an amazing concept, but those are amazing structures. So I think we've got to have uh, a pretty profound change in our thinking to grasp how that people who lived thousands of years ago may have been able to produce some of these things that we say that we really can't even produce today. Boy, that is a mystery, isn't it? I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be back after these important messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. I want to read to you just a little bit more from Nick Redfern's new book, How Anti-Gravity Built the Pyramids. The Mysterious Technology of Ancient Superstructures. And again, just go to Amazon and look up Nick Redfern and <laughs> you will you will find a, a whole rabbit hole of material that uh, Nick has produced. Uh, just a little bit more, though. There is no doubt that when it comes to the controversial issue of anti-gravity, and the ways and means by which it may have been spectacularly achieved thousands of years ago, most researchers of this enigmatic phenomenon tend to head in the direction of Egypt for the answers to the riddle. That or in the direction of that bastion of data, the Internet. You only have to look at the pyramids to see why the pyramids of Giza still amaze people after such a long period of time. Largely, it's because the mighty structures are so immense and so unmissable. On top of that, they are so incredibly precise in their construction. And that's why we are beginning with Egypt and its connections to anti-gravity. It's the ultimate story to get the whole thing going. You got to add this book to your collection. Thank you, Nick Redfern, for allowing me to read those passages to the audience and, uh, you know, his stuff, it's talk about a page turner. And, you know, it's kind of funny because when you think about it's called how anti-gravity built the pyramids. And he's saying sound waves were, were working. I don't know. Technically, that would be anti-gravity because gravity is still it's not like you're negating gravity. Gravity is still there, but you're actually working within the uh, constraints of gravity to still produce levitation. So I don't know, like I'm not sure how a scientist would sit down and split hairs on that, but you get the picture. You understand what he's talking about. And it is just mind boggling when you try to think about some of these things that have been moved by ancient people. I mean, think about how long ago, like, uh, well, think about what you were doing 10 years ago. Just take a second. Think about what you were doing 10 years ago and how long ago that seems to you. Think of thousands of years. I mean, you really can't imagine what people were like thousands of years ago. And we really don't even know because we, you know, we have these little, you know, scattered writings that have been pieced together and mistranslated. And that's just a little tiny, you know, figment of, of what things were obviously like back then. Um, you know, one thing that Nick talks about, you know, he mentioned the Baalbek stones that's spelled B A A L B E K Baalbek. These are six massive blocks in Lebanon. And if you look them up, uh, scholars say that these are characterized by, how do you like this term? Megalithic gigantism. Un paralleled in antiquity wow megalithic gigantism i somehow i think i need to turn that into a t-shirt for myself some megalithic gigantism unparalleled uh 
800 tons. Some people have claimed that some of these blocks are even bigger, but they are. We're talking 800. Now, you know, a ton, like an American ton. I know it's over 2,000 pounds. Let's see. Let me, how, I'm going to do that. How many tons is a pound? If you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, would, would you know the answer to that? Um, or listen to me. How many pounds is a ton? That was kind of a spoonerism. Uh, okay. Well, it is. It's okay. So it's 2000 pounds here in America. One ton is 2000 pounds. So you're talking about 800 tons. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. That's, uh, you know, that's a big number. You can, you can do your own research if you want to figure out like what you can compare that to 800 tons. This is a quarried stone. Um, how did they do that? You know, uh, was this thing moved or did it stay in place? Nick thinks that it was moved. He goes, why would you just carve that and leave it there? <laughs> you know, I guess maybe you could, you would do it if it was just too big and you're like, okay, maybe we went too far with this one, uh, this time guys. And then of course, you know, I've been to the coral castle down there in Florida where this little old guy named Ed Leedskalnen. Um, he, of course, pretty much single-handedly created this fortress made of these huge blocks of coral. And nobody knows exactly how he did it, but he would, he would hint and say like, Oh, I know the secrets of the pyramids. And I know he used levers and pulleys and stuff like that. I mean, you can see some of that stuff still there when you go there, but I mean, I don't know if that alone can explain it. And I, and I do know that, um, there is this guy. I should have looked this up before I did this podcast, but you probably know I'm talking about. There is this guy years ago who made the news. And I want to say he lives somewhere up north here in the U.S. And he started studying all this, these laws of leverage. And he was able to go out by himself and move some pretty gargantuan blocks around using simple, uh, simple machines. Like I think at one point he had this gigantic, concrete slab and um he it was, it was just you know lying there on the ground and he took like a water hose just started wetting the ground at one end of it and making it kind of turn into mud and so as that happened one end started to kind of sink down into the mud and then he would put some blocks behind it and shore it up and then he'd keep spray and water there and it would and of course it'd get a little softer and muddier and then that it would sink down a little bit more and he'd put a block behind it and shore it up and he kept doing this until this thing was standing upright guy did it all by himself by weakening the soil on one side of it as he was propping it up with blocks you know like pieces of wood on the other side of it. so like there are some ingenious ways out there for sure that you can do some uh unbelievable stuff uh, as as just you know uh, well as an individual uh in the right type of setting well, with some simple tools to to move some big blocks around and so i do think that we maybe we overestimate um you know some of the the things that we some of these mysteries that that we're so perplexed by but Here's the thing about like what Nick's saying with this acoustic levitation thing. All right. So, you know, I am infatuated with cymatics. I think the most immediate gratification that I get in my life is, 
using cymatics where I can take sand or water and I can play tones below it and just watch these particles snap into all of these wild patterns. To me, it's just, I, I can, I could do that all day, every day, and I would never lose interest in this process because you're seeing the relationship between frequencies and vibrations and physical matter. And every time I see a pattern emerge, it's, to me, it's like actually watching magic manifest right before my eyes. And it's so fulfilling. And that is why I took that and turned it into this field of study I created called parasymatics, where I would take these cymatic patterns and then interject meaning into them to create sigils and symbols or do the opposite, which is parasymatics 2.0, where I take sigils and symbols and I kind of reverse the process and I get sounds from them. So uh, this is a big part of what I do. And as a matter of fact, next year, I plan to announce a brand new division of my company that is going to be specializing in a whole new line of revolutionary parasymatics experiments and products. And I'm really excited. I've been working on this for a long time. But the reason I bring this up is in my lab where I do parasymatics experiments, I have performed uh, acoustic levitation. And... um uh, basically, you know, I, I even shot a video of it, which I'll release at some point, but you can find this kind of thing pretty easily if you just get on the internet and click around. What we're talking about essentially is you take two speakers, uh, one that is mounted above the other and they are playing uh, tones, uh, and toward each other and they're tuned so that there is this zone in the middle. Uh, like Marie D. Jones and Larry Flaxman were talking about, there's this zone there, um, that holds itself as a steady independent area. And you can take something like a little piece of styrofoam and put it in there and it just, boom, it hits that spot and it just sits there and floats using nothing other than sound waves. Uh, and it's it's a lot like the levitation that you've seen with magnets, or it even kind of reminds me of that effect when you take like a beach ball and uh, you let it hover over top of a fan. You know, that's always a fun looking effect. But in this case, you know, you're using sound to vibrate the air and and create this pocket where things can levitate. And so what I've done right here uh, on a very small budget in my own workshop is exactly what Nick is talking about, except we're talking about doing, instead of a piece of styrofoam, we're talking about a huge granite boulder or something like that. So yeah, that's quite a leap from here to there or there to here. But on the other hand, uh, the concept is sound, no pun intended there. I mean, it, can, it could be done. I guess if you hit the right notes and, and he gets into that in the book. So I started thinking about like, all right, why if, if we can do this on a small scale and ancient people could do it on a big scale so well, why are we struggling right now with reproducing that? And then I started thinking more about like extraterrestrials and then ultra terrestrials and then interdimensionals. And I had an experience that I want to share with you soon uh, when we come back from this break. I guess that's a good time, right? I had an experience I want to share with you along those lines to explain this. 
You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. And during the break, I looked it up and, okay, the guy you need to take a look at here who can move all of these stones by himself using these ingenious methods he lives in Michigan. His name is Wally Wallington. Go to YouTube. Do yourself a favor. I promise you, when you watch some of these videos, this will be some of the most amazing stuff you've ever seen in your life. Wally, W-A-L-L-Y, that's his first name. And the last name is Wallington, W-A-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. Wally Wallington is a retired construction worker 
And uh, there's no doubt that some of the stuff that he has demonstrated here uh, has to be related to what people like Ed Lee Scalnan uh, did. And uh, and of course, we're talking about these being great clues as to how these some of these megalithic structures were created in the past. Certainly doesn't explain all of them, not by a long shot, but it still shows you how uh, just <sighs> fascinating it is when people, you know, they, they really start putting their minds into solving these problems of how to move huge things using uh, actually making gravity work for them instead of against them. That's the irony. Like we think of anti-gravity, but in some cases it's gravity uh, that is, is, is making this possible, you see taking like moving with it almost in a judo type style so really really cool stuff uh okay so here's what i was alluding to before the break and i've been thinking about how to explain this and let me let me give it a shot because okay in the past we've always talked about the idea of extraterrestrials beings that came here from some other rock out there and now, of course, science has developed more, human thinking has developed more, and we talk uh, about other dimensions and, and portals and ultra, not just, uh, you know, extraterrestrial, ultra, uh, extra dimensional and ultra dimensional. Like we're, 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 we're reaching beyond and we're, we're looking at the idea that there are realms that are possibly non-physical to us most of the time, but from those realms, occasionally physical things can pop and uh, beings can visit. And I was reminded of this in a, a, a striking but very simple experience that I had a few days ago. I have a swimming pool at my house and I was out there at night in the swimming pool and I bought these inflatable balls they're kind of like, you know, inflatable beach balls. I got them on Amazon and they have a little LED light inside of them that is solar powered. And it's really cool because you just let these things float around on your pool during the day. And then at night when, you know, when the sun goes down, they start glowing. And so you have these glowing balls floating around on top of your pool. It's just for decoration. Uh, you wouldn't even want to play with them really because you don't want to like joggle some circuit loose. Uh, and, uh, they, they can change colors. And I mean, it's, it's really a neat thing if you've got a pool and you want to go out at night, have, have a little, uh, spectacle. So I was sitting there, uh, in the pool and, you know, I actually, I was, I guess the water was like at about my, uh, almost my shoulders. And one of these glowing, white beach balls came floating up toward me and I just looked down and I saw that below it, you know, it's on the surface of the water, right? But below it, below the surface of the water was this exact hologram of it. So it it looked like a, there was a three dimensional white ball underneath the water. And so I reached out and of course I, I passed my hand through it just like it was, it was some phantom and Lauren, and of course Lauren was in the pool and I was like, check that out. How, how weird is that? Like if you didn't, if you could only see, uh, what was below the water and not above the water from my point of view, 
you would see an object there that you try to interact with it and you can't touch it. It looks like it's real. It looks like there's a physical object there. It's 3D, but your hand passes through it like it's a ghost. And I thought, you know, maybe this is another example of what these multiple dimensions are like. That in some cases you have like a dimension is almost like a, a different medium in a way, almost like how we compare uh, air to water to solid, you know, where you can see almost mirages of other things, but you can't always interact with them. I mean, like there is a physical ball on top of the water. At least it is physical to me as a human being on this plane. And so since I can reach out and touch that thing, well, you know, I can interact with it at that level and I can't pass my hand through it. But if I'm looking at it uh, on this other level, which is where, you know, it's below the water, I'm seeing a reflection of it. And now I can't interact with it, even though it looks like it's physical to me. And so I wonder how often that when we see ghostly things, uh, we might be seeing kind of a hologram in our own dimension of something that is very tangible, but just outside of that medium in another dimension. It looks real. Uh, it looks as solid and corporeal in some cases as, as anything else. And yet it doesn't interact with the environment. You see where I'm going with that? Now, on the other hand, I could reach out and grab that illuminated beach ball and shove it under the water. And then I could reach out and now, boom, boom, I would interact with it. Now it has become interdimensional. It has passed from this one medium into this other medium. And now I can touch it. But, but its tendency is not to be there. So if I release it, pow, it's going to pop back up to the other medium. And this may be kind of like an example of how that some of these interdimensional things can sometimes under the right conditions uh, appear in our physical realm. They can change states, whether they're forced to do it or they choose to do it. They know how to do it. We don't know what the variables are, but sometimes the physical thing can actually come here and then disappear. And sometimes we only see kind of a holographic reflection of it. And that just seemed to me like a, a pretty good metaphor for uh, for what may be happening when we interact with these other beings from other places and how sometimes they come here and when they're here, they're real, they're physical, they do tangible things. But then when they are, when they're done, they just disappear. Where do they go? Where is all the evidence? Where are the dead bodies? Well, what do you think? Is, is that something that kind of helps you understand what maybe interdimensional activity is and how these these visitors and beings can either be seen from the other side or sometimes they cross over and are encountered. You know, Halloween, I, I told you I'm recording this in September. Halloween is coming up. That's when they say the veil thins and that that separation between the physical and non-physical, our world and the spiritual world, uh, it, 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 not only thins, but in some cases becomes almost non-existent and you have more interactions. I've talked about that on this podcast before. And that's why 
I've just got to tell you, I got to remind you now, this is a wonderful, wonderful time to take one of my ghost tours. I own the Haunted Asheville Walking Tour in Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, we win awards every year from TripAdvisor. We've been voted one of the top three ghost tours in America by readers of USA Today. Uh, just go look at the reviews. If you're going to be in Asheville, North Carolina, look up Haunted Asheville, hauntedashville.com. We talk about... Oh, the pink lady and Helen's bridge and, you know, and some, you know, the murders and like, you know, it's a ghost tour. But if you're on the West Coast, well, out here in Nevada, I have the haunted Boulder City ghost and UFO tour. It's they're both walking tours. This one in Nevada, we got to throw more UFO stuff in there because we're pretty close to Area 51. And uh, and so there you'll learn about, you know, all the guys who died building the hoover dam and their ghosts and uh, the mobsters but also like a lot of weird creatures and cryptids and all the ufo stuff so look if you're going to be in Asheville, go to hauntedashville.com or if you're going to be in nevada it's about 30 minutes outside of vegas go to hauntedboldercity.com come on out and see why that i created these things and uh, just read the reviews all right, my friends, the clock has got us, so it is time for us now to ah, bring something positive into our lives, shall we? Take a deep breath. If you can, close your eyes. Let's listen together to the Good Fortune Town. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 